Welcome to episode 13 of That Classical Podcast. This time, Borodin and Rimsky Korsakov. Hello! Hello! Uh, I'm Kelly Harlock. I'm Chris Bland. And you're listening to episode 13, yes, 13 of That Classical Podcast. Yes, you are. Welcome back. It's going to be a total corker today. Um, because we're going to talk about two composers from The Mighty Handful. The Mighty Handful. This might ring a bell in our listeners' ears because last episode we referred to them when we were talking about Lissis, a group of Parisian composers in the early 1900s. Um, so today let's talk about The Mighty Handful. Um, they were. Can we, can we just address though, like this will continue to be a hilarious It will never nickname. stop being funny and I will always think of breasts and that's what is going to happen. <laughs> I might that. giggle just a whole bunch of times. <laughs> just, just move on. Forgive yeah, and forget. Yeah. Um, so it was a bunch of five Russian dudes um, in the 19th century who made what we'd now call, I guess, distinctly Russian classical music, right? But. And um, so the leader of the gang was a guy called Mili Belakirev. Then you got Cesar Kui. Um, Modest Mzodsky, Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov, who we'll talk about today, and Alexander Borodin, who we will also talk about today. Um, so these guys, as far as as far as I know, they were kind of self-taught, like amateurs mm. in, in the grand scheme mm. of things. And um, from fairly, not necessarily humble backgrounds, but just not like super rich conservatoire. They weren't from like musical dinners. No, no, no. Really, yeah. So what they did, they, they tried to incorporate what they heard sort of around them, whether these were like village songs or Cossack dances, church bells feature quite heavily in their mm. music. Mm. Basically the sounds of Russian life that weren't necessarily talked about in the sort of higher levels of, of classical music. Yeah, and that's what makes their music sort of uniquely right. Russian that it's sort of very influenced by what they heard exactly. in Russia. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So they invented a kind of exotic styling of Russia, um, which heavily relied on something called Orientalism. And we'll go into that a bit later and we'll yes. hear that in the songs today. And yeah, you, you'll basically notice just a lot of kind of Eastern themes and, and harmonies that... Or rather what they thought what they were thought. Eastern themes. Like, <laughs> right, it wasn't exactly, that well-researched. Exactly, like, yeah. It sounds sort of vaguely not from here. So yeah, yeah, and hopefully you'll be able to tell just a total difference in tone from more Western music. Well, exactly. The kind of which we've played before on the podcast. So... Shall we just uh, shall we just dive in? I think we should. I'm so terrified. I'm excited. So, as long-term <laughs> listeners will of the podcast will know, whenever we do an episode where we compare, contrast, talk about two composers, it's time for a 60-second biography. It's the 60-second. It's the 60-second show. And that's. We're still yet to come up with a theme tune. If you can think of a jingle, please let us know. We'll, <laughs> and we we'll will rip it, it off shamelessly. Heavily. So, we're going to launch into our first biography, a potted, condensed version of the entire lifetimes and work of one Mr. Borodin. Kelly Harlock, are you ready? No. You have 60 <laughs> seconds. Beginning. Right. Now. Alexander Borodin was born in St. Petersburg in November 1833 as the illegitimate love child of a Georgian nobleman aged 62 and a married Russian woman aged 24. His dad was like, oh dear, and pretended he was the son of one of his Russian peasants, but financially supported Alexander and his mother in life. Borodin dabbled in music in his adolescence, but in 1850 he began to pursue what would be a successful and groundbreaking career in chemistry. And by 1862 he was lecturing and researching at the Imperial Academy of St. Petersburg. But music was always in the background. In 1861 he fell in love with Ekaterina Protopopova, a brilliant piano virtuoso, and in 1862 began to be tutored by Mili Belakarev, one of the founding fathers of modern <laughs> Russian music. Borodin joined Belakarev's crew shortly afterwards 
before what would become to be known as the mighty handful amazingly borodin started his first symphony with absolutely no bloody clue about large-scale forms and orchestration and it took him five years to complete in 1868 whilst writing his second symphony he also began writing the opera, opera prince eagle which would then be of most significant work borodin wrote operas chamber music orchestral works piano works but and a buttload of songs but his life was bloody stressful and his health suffered in the 1880s amidst caring for his now terminally ill wife and writing his Ten third seconds. symphony he's suffered from cholera and a few heart attacks here and there in 1887 he went to a party one night and it was absolutely bloody loving it oh, and had a total lad but just after midnight he collapsed from a massive coronary and died age 53 <laughs> Did I do it? You did it in 59 seconds. Sorry, can I? I am amazed. The name is fiance. Can we just have that again? <clears throat> Say it normal speed. Ekaterina Prototopova. You absolutely nailed <laughs> okay, that at high can I, I have to admit, I've been practicing. <laughs> I've been practicing that name. Right, so. Okay, so let's okay. take a breath. <laughs> That's so exciting. That is okay, the biggest so buzz. Was, right, okay. He was vaguely involved in chemistry but sort of was music-y the amazing and... thing about this guy was that he was an incredible chemist uh, okay. and he had an, um, a reaction named after him really? as well I don't ask me what it was for god's <laughs> sake go to a chemistry but podcast if you want to know it. about that sort of thing um, but he was amazing and and he he made um made it possible for women to attend medical school in ah. russia he it was a, it was a cause very close to his heart and um Basically, it, he was such a cool guy, but he did so much. There's a there's a great quote that I'm going to tell you now that he said. Um, so he said, I'm trying to be a glinker composer, a stupishin civil servant, scientist, commissioner, artist, government official, philanthropist, father of other people's children. He'd adopted a kid. Saucy. Doctor and invalid. I end up being the last in line. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. And uh, yeah. And then Tchaikovsky said about him in 1877, Borodin possesses talent, a very great talent, which, however, has come to nothing for want of instruction and because blind fate has led him into the science laboratories. Oh, no. <laughs> so he was sort of too talented for his own good, he basically. He was. And um, I think, you know, what I was saying very quickly in that in that bio is that towards the end of his life, he was caring for his ill wife and he was caring mm. for his kid and, you know, trying to balance all this stuff. His wife had unusual sleeping habits she slept from 4 a.m to 2 p.m every day that's bad enough that's bad enough um but yeah so he was a really um interesting guy but i have to say his music was it's really beautiful so today oh also every time i hear his name i want to go alexander borodin my name is alexander you know from hamilton and there's a million things that's just me not seen hamilton and and me okay so we're gonna talk about (laughs) prince eagle okay and this was probably prince eagle right i'll tell you just wait just wait um so it's an opera that he wrote okay Mm -hmm. and probably probably the most well-known thing he's ever done is what i i suspect and it's adapted from a story called The Lay of Igor's Host, which sadly isn't about anyone getting laid. Um, story of my life. <laughs> um, also, sadly, as we know, um, Borodin died before he could finish it. So it was mm. actually finished by Rimsky-Korsakov. Yeah, it was. And Glazunov. Um, and it was performed for the first time in 1890. Now, let me tell you a bit about Prince Igor. Let Please me break it, Let me break it down. Break it as all they the way say down. in those places. Um... Prince Igor, I'm going to give you a very potted history. Okay. Prince Igor wants to destroy the barbarous Polovtsian tribe, who oh. I believe are of Turkish origins, right? Um, by traveling across the steppes of Central Asia, so these sort of vast grasslands yeah, and, yeah. you know, plains. Um, okay. It goes badly, right? Oh, as, as it so often does. Wait, whose side are we do, do we like Prince Igor? Um, I guess, yeah. Okay, right, um, okay, just checking. <laughs> I, I guess. Um, and so it goes badly. They get captured. And as punishment, they get lavishly entertained by <laughs> slaves. <laughs> no! 
how the humanity um but they get lavishly entertained by slaves who perform the famous Polovtsian dances oh. um and then they go home and it's all fine <laughs> so, so invading so- force they invade <laughs> this country they get taken prisoner entertained lavishly and then they're like okay bye what's your problem that is a great story. It's just not really a plot. I don't really point. understand. You're not really, it's not, you're not really on the edge of your seat. Right, okay. But you know okay. what? Google it. So, <laughs> um, the piece that I'm going to play, I bet you'll recognise. Right. Um, and it's from Act Two. And the, the title is, so it's the Polovtsian dances, Fly Away on the Wings of the Wind. Ooh. And the specific part of that song is called Gliding Dance of the Maidens. And it might be a little bit followed by Wild Dance of the Men. <laughs> story of my life. Um... <laughs> We are hearing today the operatic version, but okay. a lot of the time the the opera is very rarely performed. I think it was it was performed I think a couple of years ago at the Met, but it's rarely performed in. It's in usually done as like an orchestral suite, a little suite, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And this is you know almost always included, and actually more and more the choral parts are sort of totally left out. Mm. And I have to admit, I love it when it's just the orchestral version. And I, we're I just going to really... listen to the orchestral version. No, no, so. we're right, listening okay. to the we're listening to the original because you know. Oh gee. We're just you know paying homage here, um, but. I also suggest that if you do enjoy it, go out and, and YouTube it and um, just get down to it. So that's your suggestion for everything. <laughs> yes. uh, shall we listen? Let's do it. All right.
I love it. Yes, I love it. we both it's love it. So good. Um, it's time. It's story time now because. Uh, <laughs> so what happened was last week uh, I said to Chris, I was like, I really want to do this piece by a member of uh, of the Mighty Handful. And he was like, which piece is that? And I was like, oh, it's by Borden. And he was like, is it the one that goes, ha, ha, ha? And I was like, yes, yeah, the one that goes like, ha, ha, ha. And we were in Green Park Tube Station just singing wildly at each other. And we found out that we've both loved this piece for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we searched for it for years. And we, So yeah, so I first sang it in my school choir. Um, um, and my music teacher had like given it words, which I think might have been a translation of the Russian, right. but I'm also Weird, not sure. And so I'd just forgotten what it was called, and I had this, the tune stuck in my head for years and years and years. So did I. And then I only just found out, like, quite recently what you know it was called. what they need? They need a Shazam for people to hum into, like, ha, 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 Let's make it, we'll be millionaires. Well, literally, yeah. No. Um, and so I found this song, Chris, you're going to hate this. I, it was in an anime, and it uh, was the weirdest thing in the world. The it wasn't even I'm in... I'm leaving, I quit. <laughs> Not everything comes from anime, Kelly. Yes, it does. But it was a song that was used like in a in the credits, and it was a pop song that was like, and then in the background it was this Japanese person going, and I was like, that's so catchy. And then about, I'm not joking. About four years later, I had no idea. And then four years later, my alarm went off, and it was classical FM, and it was this piece. Excuse, excuse me is this Razafon the classical version um, and I and did, but was... I didn't catch what the name was oh. so I just trawled like I went trawled the internet desperately trying to find what the, the song from the anime had used behind it <laughs> and it took absolutely years but this was the piece and it's just so funny mm. that we both desperately tried to find yeah. it for totally different reasons but there it is it's Prince Eagle guys so I hope you enjoyed it and we, we've, you know, you don't have to search for it anymore. Now you know what it's called. Congrats. The Classical Podcast. Barden, 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 barden. Tell me, tell me more about Alexander Barden, please. Thank you. You've got a talent there. I think you should uh, really pursue. Um, we're going to talk a bit more about Barden, yes. Um, we're going to move on to the next piece, which mm. is a bit of a contrast to the last one. Okay. It's just called Nocturne. Okay, and it's the third out of four movements of uh, a little quartet. Okay. A little string quartet. What's a nocturne, Kelly? I'm so glad you asked that. Well, um, a nocturne, the thing is, usually a nocturne is actually just a sort of a single movement, sort of short yeah. kind of piece, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but this time it's slightly different because, as I said, it's it's the third of, of four. But a nocturne is basically just a piece that sort of evokes the night isn't it it's sort of not the night. Like the night um so you know i and anything to do with the night like batman i, I don't know um <laughs> but this one is great and it's from string quartet number two and it's been adapted into a song for a broadway musical called this is my beloved but it's like it. and this is my beloved and it, it's uh, from kismet it's very strange but judy andrews does a magnificently 1970s version of it on youtube which i feel that everyone should go and listen to you can never just talk about a piece no, it always has to be related no, to some no, obscure piece of media i do not apologize for that <laughs> um but let's just let's just go on and, and listen to it and, and see what you think how about that okay then great Thank you. 
it reminded me of the night. It reminded me of Julie Andrews. It reminded me of Bat- <laughs> it reminded me of Julie Andrews wearing a Batman mask. Oh my god, I'm so glad because it reminded me of exactly the That's same thing. Exactly um, what it put me. You know what? Of. I just want to say after that, not half bad for a chemist <laughs> who does it in his spare time yeah, isn't good. it isn't it amazing oh, what yeah. someone can do like i just think he didn't even have any formal training and um, any wrote that out. um but yeah batman and the moon and anything else that you could think of um it kind of reminds me of sort of looking out onto still waters i don't know i no, it reminds you of batman <laughs> Well, you know what? Whatever it reminds you of, I hope you Batman. enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, that's Borden. Tick. Done. Done. Long time ago, there was a classical podcast. So we've taken a little handful of the mighty handful. It's now time to take a mightier handful out of the mighty handful. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Mr. Rimsky-Korsakov. Nikolai. Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov. Nikolai. Amazing. Now I'm slightly pooping myself because um, it's my turn for it. As a you should be. Sixty seconds. Sixty seconds. Sixty Okay, are you ready? I'm going to time you. I'm so I'm, excited. I'm, I'm absolutely. I hope not you ready. can say um, Propopopova as um, well, Rimsky Korsakov is a real these mouthful. bloody Russians. <gasps> it may make it so difficult to do sixty second biographies on them. I tell you. She said racistly. No, I'm just annoyed at the names. Okay, are you ready? Okay, I wait. guess. Okay. Three, two, a one, a go. Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov, born 1844, died 1908. Born about 200 kilometers east of St. Petersburg. Uh, he had kind of a good ear when he was a kid, more interested in literature than music. Um, there was a big military tradition in the family. He joined naval school at the age of 12. At naval school, he had music lessons, kind of indifferent to them, but developed a love for music through this. Uh, he sailed around a lot when he was in the Navy, obviously. Loves the sea. See Scheherazade. Talks about the sea a lot in that. Plays music. Uh, um, 1867. Uh, his piece he wrote, Fantasy on Serbian Things, performed at a concert conducted by Balikarev, who we mentioned before. Um, it's from there that we get the phrase, the mighty heap, the Mogushkaya Kushka. Oh, um, so he'd sailed around the world, did had a nice time, wrote some music on ships, but also was in the navy. Uh, arrived back in Saint Petersburg, 1871. He was appointed composition tutor in Saint Petersburg Conservatory. Only age 27. What? He felt unqualified though, so basically had to study a load to stay just marginally ahead of his students. Um, more noted as sort of an editor, orchestrator, conductor, rather than a straight up composer. Ten seconds. So worked on Mussorgsky and Borodin and all the others. Um, loved rewriting things. Uh, he kind of had longer health term problems. Uh, died of angina in 1908. Stress of like life and revolution and angina it was all terrible. Oh God. One minute, one minute, one, one minute. minute. Exactly. Well, and ninety-one d- d- hemi demi hemi seconds. <laughs> However, seconds. a minute. Whoa. Okay. Right. So. Well done. That was good. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. So, okay. So let's break it down. Let's, let's break it down for our listeners. Break it down. Um, I heard that he sailed around the world a lot, like yes. a buttload. Okay, yes. great. And then, wow. So, wow. So he, so he had, <laughs> wow, so, he, wow. he had music lessons then. Yeah, but was not. He wasn't that into it. So he had. Musical encouragement from lots of people, and later in life from Tchaikovsky and stuff. So even notably, once he was this composition tutor at the Saint, Pe- Saint Petersburg yeah, Conservatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't really know. Same as Borodin, like hadn't really had any like formal training. <laughs> you just kind of going. So along there's with there's it. sort of stories of him working like burning the candle at both ends just to stay fractionally oh ahead of his students, God. basically. Oh no way! Mm. <gasps> and then sort of eventually he did get there and wrote some some stuff and sent it to Tchaikovsky. It was like, this is impeccable. You're amazing. Oh, my God. I approve of you now. Um, but yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. Okay, Yeah, right. so his real skill was a sort of an orchestrator. And so, uh, okay. as you mentioned before, that he worked on um, 
Prince Eagle, Prince Eagle. for Baronin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And even sort of slightly awkwardly for Mussorgsky, uh, basically just sort of like totally rewrote some of his stuff. And so you get like Mussorgsky purists who are like, no, this is the real version. But then the sort worst of version. Rimsky Korsakov <laughs> kind of just made it that, a bit oh better. God, and you know neater. what that reminds me of? Um, washing up dishes that other people have already washed up because like <laughs> they haven't been washed up well enough. Just like, mm, let just me just like, do it I'm just going to yeah. do it so that it's actually like good and um yeah that reminds me of that gosh rimsky so he was a bit of a uh, bit of a control freak <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not, not even he just sort of had a particular knack for, for working stuff out and making it That's sound cool. good yeah. i like the sound of i like the cut of his jib mm, very good what is a jib uh more on that later down. well speaking of sailing so older <laughs> oh, oh, he liked the sea he was a naval man he, he did, was he, he did, was yeah. a navy guy um, tell me more. Tell me more. So the first piece we're going to listen to do, listen to today um, sort of ties into this. So it's a piece called Scheherazade. Oh, bless you. Does the name ring a bell, Scheherazade? It does, yeah. yeah. So we're talking about Thousand and One Nights. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, that story is there's a sultan who married a new virgin each night and then killed them in the morning. Classic um, move. <laughs> and Scheherazade stepped up and she was like, uh, what if you didn't kill me? How about that? And I'd tell you a story. And she would leave the story on a cliffhanger and be like, oh, it's daytime. Yes, is going to have to carry on tomorrow. And the Sultan was like, yeah, okay, you're pretty good at stories. I guess. I will not kill you this um, evening. And so by the time she told a thousand stories over the course of a thousand and one yeah. nights, he was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to marry you. For anyone that would like to see that, um, there's a great episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> Lisa Simpson is telling Nelson stories. Anyway, Gary. Fantastic. Anyway, so it's not actually anything to do necessarily with the story of Scheherazade. It's uh, it was written in 1888 and is more in in the vein of the other sort of Orientalist pieces, just like named after Scheherazade to vaguely make you remember okay. stuff from I'll the Orient. Take it. Yep. Which in itself is very problematic. But uh, he did name it Scheherazade to just sort of try and tie it to that as much as he could um so as we mentioned orientalism obviously was a big movement at the time yes. um so for example when we talked about the tchaikovsky the nutcracker mm. um what was it called the coffee dance arabian dance arabian dance <laughs> it was about coffee yeah again Sensual, it was like like kind of things like that yeah, exactly, yeah. so it's like the this technical is exactly the kind of music <laughs> they listen to in the middle east <laughs> Which obviously it's not, but is what they thought at the time, and they liked it. So, why don't we just jump straight into it now? One thing you should listen out for that is actually tied to uh, the story of Scheherazade Mm. is there are two themes that get repeated all the way through. So there's the Sultan's theme, which is this big... Classic, yeah. And then there's a really high twiddly violin solo bit that is Scheherazade. Another technical term. A very technical term. Uh, Let's have a listen, we'll have a talk about it afterwards. Great.
What did you make of that then? I I really really love that piece. I I really really enjoy it, and um, I think you you really can hear the sort of Orientalism in that <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, that's, the that's, kind of like it's so in your face that I really love it. It's great. Yeah, what I really like about it is it. So it's obviously the it's a symphonic poem rather than a symphony or anything. So it's just a bunch of little sketches and ideas mm, put together mm. in one overarching thing so the whole thing's mm. about 46-ish minutes long okay about, th- about three quarters of an hour <laughs> okay. um yeah yeah so in terms of the sort of the colors and textures and sound world it yeah. inhabits it's very uh yeah it's very much in the style of orientalism that we've yeah. been talking about yeah, yeah. um what i also think is really interesting is that it, it we we were talking about this before so the music of the the mighty handful we discussed yes. this before we started recording mm. uh is really different to what else is going on in Europe at that time. Totally, yeah. So for just like a, a parallel counterexample, uh, take Debussy, who we talked about in episode two Girl. of the Back Classical yes, Podcast. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, he Climaxes. wrote a piece around this time called La Mer, so the sea. He's writing about sure. exactly the same thing yeah. at pretty much exactly the same time. And yet the way they approach it is so different. So Gosh, it's, how would you describe it? It's, Debussy? It, for me, Debussy is more kind of like artsy... <laughs> like reflections and yeah. kind of you know and and, and whereas um rimsky korsakov i feel was very even in the kind of rhythms that do 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 like those are kind of the waves in the background yeah. and and it was all like a logical like a naval view of the sea <laughs> i don't know obviously it's still very romantic i mean i'm not denying sure. that so yeah so that, but... that first movement of the the whole piece is called the sea as well yeah yeah um, so, yeah, it's it's certainly a lot more strident, I think, Rimsky Korsakov's approach mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, writing mm-hmm. about the sea. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's just I find really, I don't know how to put it into words. That's not what if, we're here if for. If anyone does know how to put it into words, can you please tweet us? We can make crude um, jokes, but we can't do in-depth If you want to hear analysis. about breasts, you come here, but not about actual intellectual things. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and I would love to learn more. Interesting to point out. Anyway, I Definitely. thought, yeah. And then just one more little little nugget of little information. Tidbit, yeah. Uh, was that he wrote this while he was finishing off Prince Igor for Borodin. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you don't. If you remember the, the beats we talked about before, Prince oh Igor, and how he did loads of orchestration and like rewrote things That's for like great. all of the five. So wow, okay, interesting. I wonder if that sort of influenced any of. I wonder if he like totally separated both of those things, yeah, or maybe. whether he kind of borrowed. I don't know. That'd be interesting. It's almost well. like we planned this so the two would be together, and oh my god, that's what? crazy talk. Um, but anyway, yeah, everyone, please go and listen to to more of Shahrazad. It was a little tiny tidbit, but um, well worth diving in there. You got it. Brilliant. So last up, we're going to do a piece that I'm relatively confident every single person in the world has heard of. You don't know me. It's Flight of the Bumblebee. Okay, you know me. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Um, that sounds great. Is yeah, it the so one that goes... Great, that was that was great, Chris. Like, next. So, you might know it, but you might not know where it comes from. So it was, in fact, written by our pal, Rimsky Korsakov. Which I did not know. Yeah, no, I did um, not know that. It's from an opera that he wrote called The Tale of Tsar Sultan. Um, are you joking? It's from an opera, Sorry, yeah. hold on. Does someone sing that? Okay. Actually, to be honest, that sounds like most operas. Um, <laughs> so no, yeah. it's, it's sort of an interlude between 
bits of action and there were words to it, but sometimes not. But there's like a different tune. With the words dumma numma 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 numma. The words were not dumma numma numma. Right, okay, yeah. Anyways, this was written in 1899, 1900, sort of around that time. Okay. Since we all know the piece, <laughs> let's just have a quick listen to it now, just to refresh ourselves. And then I'm going to tell you the story of the <laughs> opera. I'm so excited. I mean, clearly a ridiculous lads, piece of music. Lads, lads. You know what? I just imagine him giggling when he was composing that <laughs> like an awful lot. Because, I mean, come on. That sounds like a freaking ass bumblebee. It's like... <laughs> I've never known someone to like imitate the sound of a so musically. And it's, it's good, isn't it? really bloody great. I absolutely love it. So anyway, we all, we all know the piece pretty well. Mm. So I thought I'd take you to the actual origin of the whole piece oh so God. it's from this opera the tale of tsar saltan okay which was itself based on a poem by a poet called alexander pushkin a poem by a poet that is crazy talk yeah sorry pushkin very famous poet <laughs> named pushkin yeah um and its full name the poem mm-hmm. is the tale of tsar saltan of his son the renowned and mighty bogatir prince gvidon saltanovich and of the beautiful princess swan that's a mouthful. I'll take it. I'll take it. So, the story's about three sisters. The youngest of these three sisters, Tsar Saltan, is like, you, you're going to be my wife. Other okay. two sisters, he's like, you can be my cook and my weaver. <laughs> they, understandably, are not overwhelmed with happiness about this the situation. The weaver especially, like, um, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, Tsar Saltan, he has to go off to war. His wife, the youngest daughter, right. gives birth to a son, Prince Gvidon. Okay. Uh, the sisters are not happy about this. No. So they seal the, the, the youngest sister and Gvidon into a barrel and throw them into the sea. A barrel? Okay, yeah. right, yep. Not a barrel of laughs, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, um, God. The sea takes pity on them, because that's what the sea does, okay. and casts them onto a shore of a remote island. So the son, uh, having grown up really quickly whilst in the barrel... <laughs> Uh, immediately goes what? hunting. Wait, sorry, what? So the son grew up while they're in the barrel. Shut up, it doesn't matter. What, the it's son fine. went through puberty, like Shut up, in it's a fine. barrel. Shut up, That's it's a, fine. Puberty on shore is bad enough. Shut up, it's fine. Okay. Um, Hair so everywhere. He goes hunting and ends up saving uh, an enchanted swan from being attacked by a bird of prey. Okay. Uh, Swans are quite strong, though. But carry yeah, on. Yeah, this is like a big bird okay, of prey. Right, so yeah. the swan. Um, 
a magic enchanted swan, let's okay. not forget, Sorry. Uh, creates a city on this island for Prince Gvidon to rule over. Because okay. he's a prince, obviously. Okay. But he's homesick. So what the swan does is she turns him into a mosquito. Uh, as a mosquito, he flies back to Tsar Saltan's court <laughs> and he stings his aunt in the eye and escapes back to the island. Okay. 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 So once he's back in the island, the swan, the, the magic princess swan, uh, oh, uh, yeah, the magic swan, gives Gvidon a magical squirrel. But give, give. He's still, is he still a mosquito? Can you let me finish? <laughs> I'm no, so of confused. course he's not. Don't be ridiculous. Of course he's not a mosquito anymore. Right. So he's back in his island, gets a magical squirrel from the swan, <laughs> but he's still homesick. So the swan transforms him again, but instead of a mosquito, he's transformed into a fly. Bumblebee! No. Into a fly. <laughs> oh, um, disguised as a fly, he flies back to Tsar Saltan's court and stings the older aunt in the eye again. Wait, did Wimsky Korsakov write Flight of the Mosquito and Flight of the Fly before he wrote Flight of the Bumblebee? I'm not certain. <laughs> okay. Imagine not. Okay, so same rigmarole happens. He flies back to Tsar Saltan's court, stings Sting the, other, the aunt, eye. other aunt in, in the, the eye. eye. In the other eye or the same eye? Different aunt. Okay, different aunt, different, different aunt. eye. So now he's stung both the cook and the weaver <laughs> in the eye. Great. Flies back to the island. Right. The swan again transforms him, because he's still homesick, okay. into a bumblebee this time. Uh, yay! Bumblebee! I knew it. Um, he flies back to the court and stings the nose of his grandma. Why the nose? I don't know. Border Let's move on. Eyes. So in the end, uh, the prince is like, oh, actually, you know what? I don't want my old kingdom. What I really want is a bride. <laughs> At which point, the swan is actually a beautiful princess, uh, and he marries her. Um, he's visited by Tsar Saltan, who's really excited to see the son does and his he... new daughter-in-law, and that's the end. Wait, the swan's a princess. Does she turn into a human? Yeah, yeah, she does. <laughs> Is it like Zeus style, where he just goes and shags a swan or whatever? Or no, he's she, a swan? She's, she becomes a, a beautiful lady human. Okay. That's the totally normal and perfectly logical I plot. I don't uh, have... Behind this piece I, of music. I don't have... Um, is this opera ever performed? And if it's performed, how is it performed? I think it makes just as much... You know my feelings about opera. I think it makes just as much sense as any oh, other opera. crikey. Well, thank you so much. Good I'll have nightmares forever. And uh, thank you. The Classical Podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed our episode on two members of The Mighty Handful. I hope you didn't find it too much of a mighty handful to listen to, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Uh, what's the Russian laugh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't know. Um, tweet us. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed <laughs> oh, it. F- funny you should mention tweeting. Because <laughs> oh. now's the time when we shamelessly plug all of our social media. Tweet. It's What is it, Chris? Tell us. Well, our Twitter is at thatclassical. And what's our Instagram? At thatclassicalinsta. Do we have a Facebook? We do. We're thatclassicalpodcast. And how about an email? Email at gmail.com smashed it um, and if you more importantly if you've enjoyed this episode please um, pop along to iTunes and mm-hmm. give us a a cheeky five star review um, that would be absolutely lovely or however many stars you believe that we deserve I want you to be honest I don't um, rate us five stars <laughs> or don't rate us at all um, okay, bye. Yeah, but if you've enjoyed this episode do give us a rating and let us know what else you'd like to hear about if mm. you want to hear about more of the mighty handful um, then we'll, more of them. we'll do that for you um, tell us your favourite song by a Russian composer we'd love to know um, but uh, otherwise we'll, we'll see you next time yeah, thanks very much for listening bye, bye. 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 bye.